Hey, Notorious Bakersfield fans. Notorious Bakersfield, the book, is available for purchase. If you enjoy this podcast, you'll love the book. Notorious Bakersfield, the book, dives deeper into the most infamous crimes, incidents, and personalities that have shaped Bakersfield. This literary adaptation uncovers 30 astonishing true stories from Bakersfield and Kern County's last century. Notorious stories from a notorious community. To purchase your copy, go to Amazon.com or your Amazon app and search for Notorious Bakersfield, the book. This is the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of this podcast that takes a look back at some of Bakersfield's most notorious crimes, events, and characters. Hey folks, before getting started here, I'd like to take a moment to tell you that Notorious Bakersfield, the book, if you haven't gotten your copy, I'll be at Martin's Meats in Delhi Friday and Saturday, December 22nd and 23rd, from noon to 2 p.m. If you're looking for last-minute Christmas gifts, swing by Martin's Meats and Deli on the corner of 21st and Q Streets. I'll have copies available for purchase, and if you've already gotten a copy where you bought off of Amazon and you'd like for me to sign it, bring it by. I'll be happy to sign it for you. That's this Friday and Saturday on the corner of 21st and Q Streets in downtown Bakersfield, at Martin's Meats and Deli from noon to 2 p.m. Notorious Bakersfield covers a lot of depressing and dark stories. That's kind of what it's known for. I like to point out whenever I can that Notorious Bakersfield isn't exclusively true crime. It's whatever was big news in years past. What made headlines from Bakersfield's history? Sadly, a lot of those stories are crimes. Since the holidays are approaching, I thought I would take this opportunity to switch gears and focus on a story that isn't related to a crime or even violence. It's a sad story, don't get me wrong, but it's also a story that casts Bakersfield in a positive light. It shows the empathetic and compassionate side to Bakersfield, something that often gets overlooked. The story for this episode is how many in the Bakersfield community came together, worked hard to fulfill a dying boy's last wishes. This is Bakersfield's Watermelon Hunt. On a February afternoon in 1954, Joe Covey was greeting customers at the television store he was working at in downtown Bakersfield. The salesman welcomed Bill and Mildred Layshot, a couple in their early 30s. The Layshots told Joe they were looking for a TV antenna that could pick up Los Angeles stations. They explained to the salesman that they didn't have a lot of money. They were on a budget, and they really weren't sure what they could afford. When Joe told the Layshots what they could expect to pay for an antenna capable of getting Los Angeles TV stations, they tried to hide their disappointment. But Joe could see it on their faces. 
Selzman asked why they needed this antenna. The Layshots evidently poured their hearts out to the TV salesman. They told Joe their 13-year-old son, Donald, was sick. He suffered from leukemia and a rare disease called Bright's disease. His illness prevented him from attending school and he was bedridden. His prognosis was grim. About the only entertainment the sick boy could enjoy was watching TV. Well, during that encounter in the TV shop, Joe learned some more things about this very sick boy. He was terribly lonely and he wanted pen pals with other children. And another thing he wanted was that he had this overwhelming craving for a slice of watermelon. Remember, this was in February. Watermelon wasn't in season anywhere in the United States. The Layshot family's plight moved Joe Covey to action. I don't know what he did to get the word out, but he did. Al Ruzzi from Interstate Equipment and Manufacturing stepped up to donate an 80-foot telescopic tower for the antenna. And Leo Meeks from Meeks Automotive Cells offered some equipment for installing the tower. And Hartman Concrete donated the cement to anchor the tower into the ground. And Joe himself, he donated a TV, a new TV that he secured to the wall so that Donald Layshot could watch it from his bed. That kindness from all those business owners solved the Layshot's TV problem. But there were those other two wishes the sick boy had. The slice of watermelon he'd been craving, and the request for pen pals. Now was phase two of this Bakersfield community effort to make sure those remaining wishes were fulfilled. As if Joe Covey hadn't done enough, he went another step to ensure Donald Layshot's dying wishes were met. Joe went to the Bakersfield, Californian with the Layshot family's dilemma. On February 21st, the Bakersfield, Californian published the story about the sick boy and his craving for a slice of watermelon and his desire to have pen pals. An interesting side note, that first article identified the boy as Donna Layshot rather than Donald. But, you know, it didn't matter. Bakersfield residents stepped up. And to the Bakersfield Californian's credit, they did correct their error in future stories about Donald Layshot. Children from Bakersfield began delivering letters and cards to the Layshot's home. Cards from classmates at Franklin Elementary School, where Donald attended before getting so ill, overwhelmed the family's mailbox. Well wishes from total strangers from all over the country were also delivered. Those two requests, the TV and the pen pals, they were easy to fulfill compared to the other one. Finding a watermelon in the United States was more challenging. Since watermelon wasn't in season in the United States, the search expanded internationally to Central and South America. Back then, if a certain fruit or vegetable wasn't in season in this country, 
uh, you just went without. It was hard to come by. It was scarce. It's not like it is today. But that story was picked up by the Los Angeles Times and other newspapers in California. Finally, somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who worked for United Airlines came to the rescue. Watermelon was in season in Argentina, and a watermelon was located in that country. It was delivered to a United Airlines plane that was returning to the United States. Within mere hours, the melon was delivered to the Layshot family's home in central Bakersfield. On the front page of the February 25, 1954 edition of the Bakersfield Californian was a picture of a beaming Donald Layshot sitting between his mother and Joe Covey, the man who made it all happen. Oh, and on the sick boy's lap in that picture sat that scarce, precious watermelon. Sadly, just two days after the watermelon was delivered to Donald Layshot, his condition deteriorated. He was hospitalized, and he passed away. Hopefully, he died knowing the Bakersfield community did everything they could to make his final few hours as pleasant as possible. A couple of weeks after her son's death, a letter to the editor from Mildred Layshot was published in the Bakersfield Californian. It read, We, the family of Donald James Layshot, wish to express our deepest gratitude and appreciation for the many kindnesses bestowed upon us by the people of Bakersfield and other surrounding communities. Call for watermelons was so wonderfully received that it was possible to distribute melons to other sick children. The request for cards and letters is still being answered generously. Donald was pleased to receive so much correspondence. It is gratifying to know that in this busy world, people would take the time to help make a little boy's last days more cheerful and happy. It is with sad hearts that we thank everyone on Donald's behalf. Signed, Mildred Layshot. Now I know this story about a boy dying from an awful disease isn't a feel-good story. It's heartbreaking. Notorious Bakersfield often covers stories where people do unthinkable things to other people. The worst the Bakersfield community has to offer is displayed. But the people of Bakersfield also have a lot of compassion. In this case, Joe Covey rallied others to deliver what they could for young Donald and his family. If you need a pick-me-up after learning about this story, about Donald Layshot's sad story, you know, look to Joe Covey. Look to the man who saw a family's dire situation and did everything in his power to help. You know, despite searching the Bakersfield, Californian archives, Joe Covey's fate remains unknown to me. It seems the only noteworthy mentions of his name date back to 1954, when these acts of kindness propelled him into the headlines. And you know what? That's perfectly fine. Being remembered for such a commendable display of humanity is something 
everyone should aspire to. Bakersfield could use more individuals like Joe Covey. Resources used to research this story, the Bakersfield Californian. Now, remember, if you have someone on your Christmas shopping list who'd enjoy these Notorious Bakersfield stories, but they don't listen to podcasts, Notorious Bakersfield, the book, would be the perfect gift or stocking stuffer for those individuals. I'll be selling copies this Friday and Saturday, noon to 2 p.m. on the corner of 21st and Q Streets in downtown Bakersfield at Martin's Meat Sindeli. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year. This is Robert Peterson. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. Until then, stay safe, stay out of trouble, don't become a future episode of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast.